Hi everybody and welcome to the Junction Church Podcast. We pray that this message inspires and encourages you. If you would like to find out any more information about us, then please visit our website at www.thejunctionchurch.com. Thank you for listening. So we're studying a new series called Only Human, and um, that's my brain, and uh, it's, um, yeah, it's see-through, and uh, yeah, yeah, it's the actual size, yeah, and, uh, <laughs> and uh, we are starting a new series, um, and I want to speak about the, the, our humanity and the incredible call of God that we have as humans and the supernatural call that rests upon us. Now, I was talking, I can't remember who I was talking to some weeks back. And as I was talking to them, I began to realize that we as humans live these incredible limited lives. And as I was talking to them, I had an image. And if you can imagine a complete circle and a person's life they're sitting in the center your whole world around you is a circle it surrounds us the world and all of life surrounds us all issues of life they surround us and we sit in the center of our world our life but our life our perception our understanding of that is a very narrow view like a horse with blinkers on that could only see can't see the rest of the world it's been shut out it doesn't exist you know when small babies um uh, small babies, they don't have the perception. As soon as they can't see it, it's no, no longer there. And so, it, whatever they can see, it's there. If it's, they can't see it, it doesn't exist. And so, like babies, they, they have this blinkered just view. What they see is what they see. And that's what there is. And we as humans live these incredibly limited, blinkered view of life. And the, the reality is that we are by our upbringing, by our experiences, by where we were born, by what nationality we were raised in, what traditions we were raised in. All of these different values create this world which gives us a set experience. And, but when we come to Christ, we come to Him and our worldview explodes. Suddenly, we begin to find Jesus Christ and suddenly this blinkered view begins to expand. Yet, what tends to happen is that we tend to revert back to what we know, what we're comfortable with. And we have a faith in Christ, but it's a worldview. It's almost like we can't see it. How many of you have ever gotten to the point in life where you find your eyes are not quite able to focus on the things they used to focus on? There's a few of them. Everyone's here going, mm, I know what that feels like, but I'm not putting up my hand. And I was always very proud of my eyesight. I've got long vision. I could see up close. I could read small print. I can, I can see signs a long way off. And now I can't do either. And... Uh, and now I'm, I'm, now I'm spending my whole time with small print items like this and I'm, I'm walking around the house trying to find a bit more light. See if I can, I need more light and I need more focus. And, and it, the amazing thing about the church and about Christians 
is that we can see something out there, but we can't focus it. We can't focus on it. Now, I've noticed, I've created a habit. I bought a, a magazine on Friday. Uh, Cheryl had gone to ladies' conference, and whenever she goes away, I, I think of something that I would like to do that she wouldn't. <laughs> and, uh, and I think of, when Cheryl went to Egypt um, eight years ago, she came home and I'd bought a dog. <laughs> because we weren't allowed one when she was here. So... Yeah, I haven't, no. So I went and bought, and I bought a, a magazine on pigs. And, because she says we can't have them, and so I'm, I'm, I've got a pig magazine. And, and, I've, and I want to find it, I want to, because I, I, I like the idea of pigs. I like the idea of having a pet pig, because they're intelligent, but I also like the idea of having a pet that you eat. And, <laughs> I do. You see, that's why I was raised. We used to have a pet. We had a pet lamb. We used to take him for a walk. He was a, we'd take him for a walk on a lead, take him up the road. He got to a 200-pound ram. He was amazing. We ate him in the end. But <laughs> and, and I just like that. Cheryl doesn't like the idea of either of having a pet pig or even eating it. And, and uh, So anyway, I bought this magazine. And in the magazine, I'm, I'm reading, and I'm reading all the headlines, but what I began to realise is I hadn't got my glasses, I couldn't find my glasses, which is a common trait. Where Miriam's, where's Miriam? Is she around? She's, not in, she's upstairs. And uh, Miriam works in the office uh, with us doing that, and she has glasses, and I, I share her glasses with me. And uh, <laughs> they're her glasses, but I, Miriam, can I borrow your glasses? I look ridiculous, but, you know, it, I can read things. And I couldn't find my glasses, and uh, so I discovered that what I was doing was just reading the headlines and then missing everything else out. So there's lots of my magazine that I haven't read. I've, I've, covered, I've gone from the front cover to the back cover, and I've read all the headlines, everything I could read, but because I didn't have my glasses, I didn't read anything else. And, and what I think that there is something about the fact that as... As Christians, we pick up the headlines of what Christ can do for us, but because we can't, so we can't see it, we don't understand it, we just kind of go, yeah, I'll just move on. And we miss out on the world that Christ has got for us. And so this morning, I want to launch this new series called Only Human, and I want to speak about, I want us to understand that we are human, but we are called of God to be something else. That we are called natural, we are born natural, but we are created to be supernatural. That we were born for more. That we were born to be something unique. Something in Christ that is beyond the limitation of that small blinkered world of humanity. And I want you to understand, go with me will you to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. And I'm going to read just a few verses. And I'm going to concentrate on two verses um, in there, but we're starting 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 1. It says, And I, brethren, could not speak to you as to spiritual people, but as to carnal, as to babes in Christ. I fed you with milk and not with solid food, for until now you are not able to receive it. And even now you're still not able, for you're still carnal. For where there is envy, strife, and divisions among you, are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? For when one says, I am of Paul, another, I am of Apollos, are you not carnal? Then, who then is Paul and who is Apollos? 
but ministers through whom you've believed as the Lord gave to each one. I planted Apollos water, but God gave the increase. So neither he who plants is anything, nor he who waters, but God who gives the increase. Now he who plants and he who waters are one, and each one will receive his own reward according to his own labor. For we are God's fellow workers, you are God's field, you are God's building. According to the grace of God which was given to me, as a wise master builder, I've laid the foundation and another builds on it. But let each one take heed how he builds on it. For no foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now if anyone builds on this foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become clear for the day will declare it. Because it will be revealed by fire and the fire will test each one's work of which sort it is. Verse 14, if anyone's work which was built on it endures, he will receive a ward. If anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved yet as through fire. Now Paul is speaking to the church and he's speaking to an immature church, a church who are living as humans and not living as Christ has called us to be. It says in, in, chapter, in verse 3, 3 verse 3, it says, are you not behaving like mere men or as it actually means in the uh, Greek um, the, the last three words in the Greek it says are you not just walk do you not just walk as men that's the that's what that's the, the direct translation in the Greek do you not just walk as men which basically means do you not just purpose to live your life like humanity lives that's what you're doing and that's a little bit like saying to a kid, grow up. <laughs> I always remember this, being a child. I said, just grow up. Doing my best. <laughs> Not really sure, you know, I'm being a kid. Because at the end of the day, you are, your behavior is a reflection of who you are. You, we, you know, an animal behaves as the animal is intended to behave. We've got a, a dog at home, which Cheryl loves, and <laughs> and uh, and she behaves like a dog. Everybody loves our dog. Our dog is a very friendly dog. It's a born again dog, and uh, and friendly to the neighbours. Doesn't bite the children, and uh, but she's still a dog. She still behaves like a dog. She still does things which. You wish you wouldn't. The sort of things you can't mention on ch- in church from the, from the front. The sort of dog things. And she's still a dog because she's a dog. She behaves like a dog. And, and Paul is saying to you, you can imagine reading the church, the church reading the church, are you not just behaving like humans? Uh, yeah. So what else am I supposed to be? And, and Paul, he then goes on and he begins to, to lay out this sort of question this this if we're not supposed to be human then then what are we supposed to be paul is exposing their sectarianism in what he said because the church he's confronting is saying well one is saying i'm of paul and and i'm of apollos and and i'm this and i'm that and and that's humanity humanity lives within this limited realm and and in our limitation we want to we want to take, get a hold of something great. and So instead of becoming something great, we become a fan of something great. 
Manchester City fans around the world are celebrating. They won the Premier League. And they're going, we won the league. We didn't win anything. They're just a fan. They didn't do anything. They're just a fan, right? They're just a fan. They, they didn't win anything. I wanted Liverpool to win and I would have been here. I would have been shouting, Liverpool, we won. But I didn't do anything. Yeah. You know, the fans, they're probably there. In the, in the, they're probably up there, got their beer, got their pie, got their cigarettes, sitting there. There's no, they're not doing anything to even be healthy, let alone be a champion. <laughs> they're just going, yeah, come on. And, and Paul is addressing the church because they're going, people are looking at Paul and they're going, wow, Paul's amazing. Yeah, I'm with Paul. Another one going, yeah, he's not really my, t- I prefer Apollos. Yeah. And, and they're associating with greatness instead of becoming great. And, you know, we do it today. Some people say, oh, I prefer Hillsongs. Well, I prefer Bethel, or I prefer Elevation, or I prefer um, Joel Osteen, or I prefer... But we start listing all these great churches and great leaders. And, and, and Paul says, look, we're not anybody. It's Christ. In other words, stop clinging on to other heroes to make yourself feel better, become the hero. Stop, stop look, behaving like a human. Behave like God created you to behave and understand. See, Paul says, who then is Paul and who then is Apollos? You see, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, it says this, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. The problem with that verse is what's the thing? What is the thing? All things, all things have passed away. All new things, sorry, <laughs> behold, all things have become new. Well, what became new? What did I become? Because if you don't know what you become, you will go back to what you were. And the church never quite got it. Corinthian church, they never quite got what they were, so they went back to what they were before. They didn't understand what it was that Christ had done. The writing was fuzzy and so they didn't bother reading it. They couldn't quite see it and so they went to what they could see. And Paul says, who then are we? Now, it's a question which he doesn't answer because he wants them to understand that it's not who we are, it's who Christ is. But it's still an unanswered question. And the reason why it's unanswered is because Paul and Apostle, Paul and Apollos, sorry, Paul and Apollos, they were someone special because they weren't living like mere humans like the rest of the church was they were living as God created them to live so who were they? that's an important question because Paul had discovered something of the nature for which he had become you see there weren't many people like Paul and Apollos turning the world upside down and there weren't many people out there doing what he had been called to do. And you know, when we understand who we are in Christ, we begin to understand that we are more than who we see and what we see and what we feel and what we understand. We have got to expand our world. You know, anyone who has a, a limited worldview 
who has a limited perception, they, 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 they will tell you more fervently than anyone else what they believe. If you want to ask someone what's wrong with the world and what needs fixing, ask the person who's homeless on the street. Maybe that's a little unfair, but it's true, isn't it? The person whose life has collapsed the most will tell you the most fervently what's wrong. But they're living in a much smaller world. Are you with me here? Does that, do you understand that? See, Paul and Apollos, they were living in a, in a, in a more incredible world. Yet, th- this is the reality. Men and women of faith have the same 24 hours that the rest of us do. They have the same... <laughs> it's a shock, isn't it? They don't get the extra hour. They go... <laughs> Each hour they live has the same 60 minutes. They have the same time, and in that time, they're not working faster than we're working. Because you can't. They still need the same amount of sleep, be it four hours like some people, or five or six or, or eight hours. They still need that sleep. I've met many people. See, I'm a morning person. I like to get up in the morning. I wake up early. Um, and I, I'm better in the morning and I'm, I, I can work up to about 11 o'clock and then my brain starts to shut down. And, uh, and, and so, so, so I want to get... And when I had my business, my furniture business, I would get up early in the morning and I would, I would, um, I would do all the work and I would get three quarters of my work done before coffee break at 11, 11.30. And that was always my target. Whatever projects we had on the day, three quarters of the work must be done by mid-morning. That way I know the day's already won. And, and so that would be my, my day. But I've met some incredible men and women of God, of phenomenal ministries and great churches doing supernatural works and people you look up to and they come in and then they go, yeah, I can't get up in the morning, it's awful. I, I need my eight plus hours. And you go, wow. They're like me. In fact, I can get up in the morning. <laughs> they, they can't even get up in the morning. They struggle to get up. They need their sleep. I'm amazed at the amount of people just like, oh, yeah, you know. And so because they have a, their, their physical frame, their human side is still human. See, see, Paul was still human. He was insecure. He suffered from rejection. He was irritated by lack of zeal. He was a perfectionist. He struggled when people weren't with him 100%. He, he said on a few occasions, they've all left me. Yeah. Really, Paul? Are you sure? It's just that they weren't quite running at the pace that he wanted to run at. And so as far as he was concerned, they just weren't there. It was kind of, that was, the, that was Paul, the, the man, Paul, who, who was so human building a supernatural church, a pillar in the house of God. You've got to understand your humanity is not an excuse for not fulfilling your supernatural nature. It doesn't matter what your weaknesses are, what your insecurities are, what your fears are, what your emotions are, what your experiences are. You were called to manifest the supernatural life of Jesus Christ. You were called to bring forth something so much more than what God 
than what we see and what we understand. For God ordained something far greater. Now, in verse 9, we're going to read down. It says here in verse 9, and we're going to read down from verse, five, from verse 6. It says, I planted, Apollos watered. But God gave the increase. In other words, we did something according to the nature of God. And God gave the increase. You see, we often feel like we can't do something supernatural because we can't feel like we can do it. But Paul just lets the, he lets the cat out of the bag. He, he reveals the secret. We just did our little bit and God did the rest. You see, a supernatural believer in Jesus Christ is one who knows what the little bit is. That God can do the rest. We started this church in, in 1996 and, and, and God did all of it. <laughs> we just did a little bit. We just hired a hall and, and said, come and pray with us. Cheryl used to plinky plonky on the keyboard. <laughs> just sit there. Heidi and Joe would run around with the offering basket. We found offerings were better when the kids took it up. <laughs> Ever stand there just <laughs> oh, more <laughs> we used to have drums on the keyboard <laughs> yeah it wasn't quite like this morning even close we had an overhead projector I was running around trying to find the whistle. Where's this hole? But I find it. You put it on the screen, and then half the words were smudged out. How many of you remember those days? Half the congregation don't remember. You know, overhead projectors. Oh. And then you go through it. It's missing. Where's it gone? It was there. It's disappeared. I remember once being so frustrated with the overhead projector during the service, I put my hand right through the glass. I don't remember that before. But you're, you, have a, you have a big glass sort of thing, you put the screen, and I just, it, the, the light kept going on and off. The songs would be like, Matt, Steve, oh, it's back again, we're all right. Jesus is still here. No, he's gone again. I got so, I was standing, I was so fed up, put my hand on the thing, and I put my hand right through the glass. Wow, that's the end of the uh, song service. <laughs> I just did my little bit. <laughs> God gave the increase. I find it extraordinary that you can do something if you listen to the heart of God and understand that God has got something so much more for you. That we won't become sectarian. What is sectarian? Sectarian is stamping your colors to somebody else's greatness while you're avoiding doing anything. You can't claim to be a fan of anything. You can celebrate what good things take place. But you've been called to stand and serve God. You've been called to not be as carnal, to not just be human, to be supernatural in your natural. And it says here in verse 9, it says, For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field. You are God's building. And I, I want you to understand that as we finish this morning, I want us to understand that there is a bigger world out there. You know, 
that you are God's worker, fellow worker. Now, I've gone through many of you. I've filled in many references for, for jobs. I've sat down and I've, I've talked through many people as looking for career change. And I've, we've, we've, I've walked on that journey with you, as, as many of you have gone through that journey of looking for another job and getting, going for a promotion and, and stood and celebrated with you as you've, you've gained that position and you've become a fellow worker with somebody else and you've gone, I don't know whether I'm qualified for this but I believe, I, I believe I, God's calling me to do it, I'm going for it and I, I've seen so many of you go step by step finding a job and, and getting it and each job, each person who gets a job gets it on the merits of their qualification and their experience and they, they get it on the merit that the company says I'm going to employ you because you are of enough value to our company and I believe you can work with us and the moment you're employed you have the same right the same shit suddenly you're part of that club of that company like you're now a member if you you work for people who work for the, the big companies and you might, you might work for BP or Shell or something like that. You know, oh yeah, I work for BP. <laughs> I work for, yeah, I work for Shell. Well done. And you might yeah, work for Asda. Oh. <laughs> okay. I used to work, I used to work for my, I only ever did shop work. In the end, I got so fed up with doing shop work, I, I got my own shop. That's the way to do it. <laughs> and I started my own business. And every person, who, every person who has a job has it because they are taken on because of their qualification. The Bible says, you are God's fellow worker. And you might go, well, I don't know whether I feel qualified. Yeah, Jesus just did that for you. He just stamped an A plus on your exam pass. He just qualified you to make you part of his team that's to do an amazing work. You are God's fellow worker. See, See, we often devalue who we are because of where we see our position, what we see that we're doing. But a God's fellow worker understands that they are part of the team. They're part of what makes the kingdom of God work. And in fact, in 1 John 3, John, um, John says to the church, he says, if we take part in offerings for those who are going out, doing mighty works, then we are their fellow workers sharing in the work of the gospel. So you, we are, even your offering is causing supernatural shift and change in people's lives. And many people just, oh, well, you know, I, know, I don't really do anything. Yes, you do. You're his fellow worker. And then he says, you are God's field. What? Grassy, muddy, how does that work? You see, the, the, the word field in the Bible is filled with all kinds of, all kinds of pictorial emotion. And, it, and it, it's actually, it's all about fruitfulness. You see, the field is where the fruit is harvested. And the beautiful thing about the field is it is a blank harvest upon which much fruit will come year 
after year after year after year after year. And sometimes the field is rested because there's going to come again another great harvest. We live, as you know, in the countryside and we're surrounded by fields and we've seen the fields around us. Sometimes they've got sheep in, sometimes they've got cows in, sometimes they've got barley in, sometimes it's just grass where they'll be cutting it for hay and sometimes the muck spreader is going all over it and you're walking around like, ah, it's the muck spreading season. (laughs) But the field is always doing something for the farmer. Bible says you are God's field and a field is never inactive even when it's being rested from crops it's always producing something and if you read through the New Testament you'll find that Bible says many stories about a man went to buy a field he went out into a field and he found some treasure and when he found the treasure he bought the field in other words in the field We don't just bring forth fruitfulness, we also bring forth treasures. In other words, within the kingdom of God, there are treasures buried in the field. There are treasures buried within the significance of your life, buried within the secrets and the giftings that are laid within you. In other words, you're not just bringing forth fruit, you're bringing forth treasure. And then the Bible, and then to finish, it says here, you are God's worker, you are God's field, you are God's building. And in the end of 1 Corinthians 3, it says, you are a temple of the Holy Spirit. And we have to understand that to live a more, a greater life, we've got to get a bigger world view. We've got to get a, a greater perception of what it means to be a believer and what it means to break free of our humanity to break free from who we are. Paul broke free from his perfectionism. He broke free from his limited ideology. He broke free and he began to see who he could, who he could be in Christ, what he could do. And his world perception, his world view suddenly changed. He went from being a man on a mission to destroy Christians to a man who spread the gospel right across the known world. Here is someone who was human but revealed supernatural, the nature of Christ. We are God's building, a place of strength, a place of security. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit.